Welcome to the Undefeated Podcast with Sara. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with Him in seeing His kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. So, last Sunday was the Valentine's Day, which is not always such a fun day for singles. But I actually ended up having such an awesome day. It was the first Sunday since all the COVID restrictions started that we actually got permission to have dancers in our Sunday morning church services. And we are still meeting with limited capacity and social distancing and all that stuff, but I got to activate dancers in three services in a row during the worship times. And that was literally the best Valentine's Day gift I could have received from Jesus. It was like a hug from heaven. And I felt the love of Jesus in such a tangible way. Yeah, like, well, is there anything better? Getting to love on Jesus and release others to do the same on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, it it just, it blessed me so much that uh, all the dancers who I got to activate, including the kids, because I had a few kids dance as well, they were literally radiating the love of Jesus. And and all these dancers, they are they are powerful and beautiful dancers in their own right. But what was the most beautiful and moving part for me personally was that I could tangibly see how they love Jesus. And that kind of genuine love and connection with God's heart, it's something that you can't fake uh, you can't pretend it to be there. It, it's you can't perform it. It's it either is there in your heart or it isn't, and it's it's tangible and visible for others when when you have it and when it comes out when you start expressing your heart to the Lord through dance, and it draws other people into this place of delight and a desire for deeper connection with the Lord. And this is something that you can't impart your own love for Jesus to other people. You can't impart your own history with the Lord to others. Like it actually is something that everyone needs to build on their own, build their own personal connection with God. And and that's why I was so proud of my dancers to get to see that, that they actually have their own personal connection with the Lord. And that from that place of actually dancing and moving from that place of connection with his heart, they can also, and they are becoming catalysts to others to attract other people 
into that place of a real connection with Christ and freedom in Christ. So I, as I was watching them, I was thinking of uh, this verse in John 12, 32. It says that, Jesus says here that when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And I know Jesus is here talking about the kind of death he died, his crucifixion and, and resurrection when he was lifted up on the cross. Um, and and that, that's the thing that draws people to him. But I was thinking how this verse also, I believe it prophetically talks about the fact that when we are lifting up Jesus on earth, like we are lifting up his name in worship, that's also going to draw other people to him, that it will take people into that place of getting to experience God's presence and taste and see his goodness. And like Psalm 34 verse 8 says that taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And I believe like dance is literally one of those ways how we make the goodness of God visible and uh, so that people actually get to see the goodness of the Lord manifested in front of them. And, and as we worship him with our spirit, soul and body, with all of our strength, all of our might, that that releases the fragrance of heaven in a tangible way where people get to experience the reality of heaven and the reality of God's presence. And I think I may have shared this story uh, in one of the previous episodes, but it also made me think of the um, time when I, I went to Taiwan, actually a couple of times. But one of the times I had been asked to dance at this public beach area. And uh, and I I started doing this worship dance to a worship song in the middle of a very like intense atmosphere where people were like yelling and but the moment I started worshiping and dancing it was like the atmosphere completely shifted and changed and and it was like the silence fell and everybody was like so focused and and I know it had nothing to do with my great abilities to dance or or attract a crowd but it was literally the presence of Jesus came into that place of worshiping and even like afterwards I had these like Buddhist monks who came to me and they were like what is this like we have never experienced anything like this before and we actually want to know like what is this religion or what is this thing and and I got to share the gospel with them and tell them about Jesus and all because they got to actually experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in worship. And uh, uh, Paul actually uses this term in Romans 11, like to how we can actually make other people envious. He says he's talking about the Jewish people. He is like in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. And, and I believe that when people get to see us enjoying God in worship and they get to see the connection we have with him, like that can actually 
uh, God can use that as a way to attract and draw them and so that they become actually envious to what we have. And like I literally actually had one time when I was in Israel, I had a, a Jewish girl who ran up to me after I had danced and she literally goes, she's like, I envy you. <laughs> you have something I don't have. <laughs> and it kind of like startled me and, and shocked me a little. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's a very intense way to express it. But I was like, you know what? Like what you see is my relationship with Jesus and it's available for you as well. And and again, it was literally through getting to see uh, my love for the Lord and the Lord's love for me as I'm connecting with him in worship through dance. <laughs> Another uh, situation I just remember was also one of my dance teachers. We were doing some sort of a, a dance class, and where our teacher was meant to be giving us uh, feedback on on what we were doing and kind of critique what we were doing. And this one um, uh, modern dance teacher, she goes the first thing she says. She's like, "When I see you dance, I just want to yell." that I love Jesus too. <laughs> and and like for me, that was, it's such a beautiful way to actually say that, like how when I am pouring my heart like openly to Jesus through dance, it's like that expression of love, it provokes people and it provokes a response uh, it pulls on people's hearts when they see that real love being expressed. And, and I believe that we are in a time where we all, including myself, like we need a new, fresh baptism of God's love so that we will be because our love is always, it's a response to his love. We can't even love him without him first loving us. And I believe that we need our hearts to be fully gripped by that fiery love of God in a fresh way. And uh, because that's like people who are in love and filled with love, they are unstoppable and, and they are contagious, like when we carry love, uh, there is nothing more powerful than that. And it's also love is the greatest motivator to keep us running this race, no matter what's going on around us, what's going on in our lives. And uh, that pursuit of God's presence, it's, it's fueled by his love. In, in Matthew 6, 21, it says that for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. And, and I believe that God is wanting to pour out his love as a fuel on, on our pursuit of him, as we pursue him as our treasure, that we would be so uh, like uh, tuned into his heart and so current in our relationship that we are not like uh, living from our own past experiences with him, but that we get to have that fresh encounter with his love, with his goodness, and and that it's actually also our love for him that I believe is going to draw us into this new place and into like, 
I, I believe the Lord is doing a new thing amongst us. And I even actually had a dream just a, a few nights ago. I was actually kind of half awake, half asleep, but I think I was more asleep than awake. So I'll call it a dream. But in this encounter, I knew that there was a new platform and like an opportunity on an upgrade that God was offering to his dancers. And and in this dream and this encounter, I I was like interviewing dancers and almost like auditioning dancers, like who is ready for this new upgrade. And and I was walking around literally with tears in my eyes. And and the question I was asking them, and this was the only question I was asking them was, do you love Jesus? And that was literally the qualifying factor for the upgrade was that is there a real genuine love in your heart for Jesus? And and this makes me feel personally really emotional because uh, that's that's what I'm living for. Like I I have uh <laughs> like my my whole life could be summarized in that sense like a sentence that I want to be burning with love for Jesus. Like I I want to raise up worshipers and and for me it specifically dance is a way to express worship but but there is no worship dance without actual love. Like we actually have to be filled with God's love so that we can be pouring out our love as a response to his love and and to to adore him with everything that we are. And like without his love filling us, our dance is just an empty shell and and there is nothing nothing on the inside and and we can't really we can't impress God with our awesome creativity, our cool dance moves or whatever creative gift we have because you know he's actually the creator. He's the one who gave us that gift. But we can actually move his heart by our love. Wow. And and I believe that that is going to literally be the key for us to step into this new place that the Lord is wanting to give us the new upgrade that we actually are being filled with his love afresh. And uh, because like it says in 1 Corinthians, we all know the chapter 13 that talks about love, that without love, we are just like a resounding gong or clanging symbol. And it says like, uh, without without love, I am nothing. Like literally, without love, if I do not have love, I gain nothing. That it actually all hinges on love. It all is uh, depending on the real love uh, in our hearts and uh, and that that place like in worship where God is inviting into that place of privilege where we have access to his heart and we can actually touch his heart by our love that's expressed in our worship. And I was reading this book called The Sacred Journey by Brian and Candice Simmons. And I've been quoting that book before as well on this podcast, but in one of the chapters, uh, he talks about this, like uh, 
the invitation and, and, and the way how we actually can move God's heart. And I, I just want to read a couple of phrases. Um, uh, so he writes that, do you know you can move God? Our responsive love for him is more precious than we understand. The bride did not know the impact her love was having on Jesus' heart because she did not feel his presence in the time of testing. But Jesus reveals how he feels about our faithful love when we are in times of testing. So Brian is here referring to his, his teaching on the, the book of Song of Songs. And how earlier on, like how when the bride here is walking through the time of testing and she doesn't even know the impact that her heart is having on the bridegroom uh, until when she starts maturing in her love. And, and then when Jesus is actually starting to reveal the way how her love is impacting and affecting the heart of Jesus and and, and Brian here continues, he writes that the movements of our heart are so important to God that they are recorded in his books. And the psalmist declared, you've kept track of all my wandering and my weeping. You stored my many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost, for they are all recorded in your book of remembrance. That was from Psalm 56 verse 8 from the passion translation and and again like here is this thought that uh god values so much what's going on in our hearts and and what's on the inside matters to him he even keeps track of it he keeps a book of remembrance of what's going on internally in our hearts and that it actually what's going on in in our hearts actually affects his heart it in in the first uh, samuel 16 verse 7 it says that people look at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart like god has actually a direct view to see what's going on inside of our hearts and there are several scriptures that actually they warn us about growing cold in our love. And, and I was just thinking about this, that I, I find it interesting that those verses are specifically uh, related to the end times. And, and the reason why I find it interesting is that often when we talk about the end times, we tend to think of like, you know, watch out for the false prophets or deception and stuff like that. But, but actually, like, what I think the real focus should be as we are getting closer to the return of our King is that we keep our hearts on fire for Jesus. In, in Matthew 24, verse 12, it says that, uh, 12, I'll just read 12 through 14, it says that there will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and for others will grow cold but keep your hope to the end and you will experience life and deliverance yet yet through it all this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of god 
wow. And I, I believe this demonstration of the reality of God only comes from that place where our hearts are actually so filled with his love, filled with uh, that fiery passion for him. And another verse that's again in context of the end times, it says in Luke 21 verse 34, be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold. Remain passionate and free from anxiety and the worries of this life. Then you will not be caught off guard by what happens. Wow, so again, it's actually loving Jesus, staying in love and being passionate about him is what actually protects our own hearts. And there's also in, in the book of Revelation, there's the scripture that's uh, talking about, uh, it's uh, saying to the church in Ephesus, uh, that yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. That's from Revelation 2 verses from the f- verse 5, I believe. Uh, but uh, like all these verses just talk about the importance of not letting our hearts grow cold but letting our hearts be so on fire for him and, uh, and staying in love. And, uh, and I, as I said earlier, like we actually need to receive his love in order to love him. I, uh, we can't even burn for him apart from him. Like we actually are so dependent on him and receiving his love and, uh, and that we need to have that experiential no- knowledge of his love and his affections towards us. And we need to get really good at receiving his love so that we can burn. Um, I-, I wanted to read another quote from the, the same book, The Sacred Journey, where uh, Brian writes that his love conquers fear, unbelief, and the shame of failure, the strong current of love in his eyes drowns rejection out. So what is it that makes us lovely to God? It could never be our performance, for we have failed over and over again. Rather, our loveliness is found in the image of Jesus and the willing spirit that longs for him. God has infinite passion to see you through the growth process. He will not leave you half done. Wow. But God does not wait until you are perfect before he enjoys you. In fact, he loves the weak, the immature, and those who feel incomplete. Wow, there's so much hope in those words that he wants to love us exactly where we are at like it doesn't matter where you are at in life your circumstances don't matter all that matters is to have that willing spirit that actually longs for him and that uh it's actually his love that empowers us to love 
no matter what we are walking through. And I, I was yesterday. I was FaceTiming with a friend, a dancer friend, a beautiful friend of mine who is uh, battling with cancer, battling cancer in her body, and um, uh, and and it's been. Uh, quite a long journey already and it's been a privilege to get to walk alongside her and pray with her and and see the miracle that God is doing in her life but uh, for me one of the biggest miracles is like every time I talk with her and and pray for her I'm the one who feels encouraged like she is so full of love for Jesus and for other people and even so yesterday when we're talking uh, she was telling me with tears in her eyes how much she loves Jesus and how she couldn't have walked through this journey with cancer without Jesus. And there was no bitterness or anger in her voice or in her eyes. It was like I could only feel love when she was talking. And, and it's such a testimony of what the love of God can do. And uh, uh, like how how the love of God actually protects and guards our hearts, and also how it's the love of God that empowers us to follow Him, and like no matter what we're facing, and also Bible talks about it, like it's uh, uh like love is so much stronger than rules and laws. Like it's the love that empowers us to obey God in um. In the book of John, verse 14, verse um, 23, it says, Jesus is saying here that loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make, make you our dwelling place. That's the love of Jesus that actually empowers us to follow him and obey him and uh, and it's also the love of God that empowers us to love other people. Um, I I wanted to read from First John chapter four. Uh, I'll start from the verse seven through ten. It says that those who are loved by God let His love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Wow. And the same chapter continues, verse 19. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love of God, love God first demonstrated to us. Anyone can say, I love God yet have hatred towards another believer. This makes him a phony, because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see, how can you truly love God whom you can't see? 
For he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to others. And uh, I uh, I know Graham Cook has chokingly uh, often said something along these lines that difficult people give us an upgrade in love and, and they are like a fast track for learning how to love well. And, uh, and I... I mean, it's kind of true. It is true, actually, <laughs> that the more challenges we have relationally, the more it's actually an upgrade for us to grow in the love of God and um, and get to receive a whole new, fresh portion of God's love into our hearts. And and I I believe that it's it's time for an upgrade for all of us in love. And I wanted to... I'll wrap this up soon, but I wanted to read this uh, powerful prayer that's in Ephesians 3 over all of us. I'll, I'll read this from the Amplified Translation, verses 16 through 21. It says that may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width, the length and the height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Wow. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen and amen. Wow. Uh, let that to sink into your spirit, into your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I really believe that God is, uh, God is doing something uh, with us as individuals, but also with us as a community. And as he's raising up this community of worshipers, he's first and foremost uh, raising up lovers, lovers of God. Uh, and one last thing I still wanted to read, I, I just happened to see uh, Jeremy Riddle posted this on his social media. He's recently written a book called The Reset. 
which is absolutely incredible. Term is worship leader uh, and uh, uh, somebody who I personally really look up to. And he just wrote uh, and said that I'm convinced there's a generation waiting to catch fire. Even now, they are cultivating and stoking the internal flame of love, passion and pure fervency for Jesus. He will be their one true desire and the sound of their lives will cry. All is for your glory. They are an army of hidden ones whose righteousness will soon break forth like the dawn. I'm convinced there are mothers and fathers of worship who have allowed their voices to be silenced, quieted or tamed. But that is ending. The Lord is restoring your spiritual authority in this hour. I also feel the Lord is calling those whose flame once burned bright and clear but the pain of life, disappointment, personal failure or misunderstanding have taken the wind out of your sails and led you into resignation. The Lord is awakening an old flame and he will cause it to burn brighter in your latter years than it ever did in the zeal of your youth. Wow. And I want to speak this word also over... Uh, all the dancers and um, and even like Jeremy is here specifically talking about worship leaders and singers whose uh, voice has been quieted. I feel like there are dancers whose your dance has been shut down and your movement has been shut down. But the Lord is actually uh, setting your heart on fire to burn with such a passion that you actually can't be still, like you actually have to express the love from your heart with everything that you are, that you just cannot be still. Yeah, yeah, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you want to fill us up afresh with your love, with your fiery love to burn in us. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one who sets our hearts aflame, that you first fill us up. You fill us up. You, pour, you want to pour out your love into our hearts. And Lord, we want to pour our love back, back to you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the one who sets us ablaze. You're the one who sets our hearts on fire. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen.